Yo, Jobug, welcome to episode 275 of GI Jobug. My name is Steve. We're talking crossovers tonight. I'm not alone, however. Once again, it's Paul, Deadly Pencils. Hello, Paul. Hello, Steve. Wow, those pencils really are deadly. And the love and scoopful, it's Rob. <laughs> I think if my computer catches up and actually allows him in. <sighs> okay, I think I tapped it too many times. <laughs> okay, Paul, you tap it. I'll tap it. And it's Rob. Here I am again, guys. Hello. It's oh, a couple of cu people. couple of res you know, back back starts, back back farts. My apologies, Rob. I mean, my computer <laughs> is operating so poorly that I press something, wait a while, and then maybe it's responded. <laughs> well, I have experienced this live, everyone. Um, we during our Greek unboxing, we had a fantastic experience, and coming up very soon, I imagine. Um, will be another fantastic live experience that Stephen and I did together. And yes, his computer is, is boo-boos. It's doo-doos. <laughs> it's sleeping. Oh, it's bad news for all involved. <laughs> anyway, pretty soon I'll have two very technically-minded individuals at my beck and call, and they are Ooh. going to do a factory reset of my machine. Is that Tech right, support. boys? Tech yes. support. Hell Tech yeah. support is going all the way it. from Johannesburg. Mm -hmm. That's how we roll. Fix it. Yes, the cat's out of the bag. We will be reunited <laughs> by the next time we record a podcast. <laughs> mm. Good times, good times. Absolutely wild. arrives on Sunday. What how time? Nobody knows. Are you guys no driving one in one go or are you going to do a stopover? One go, yeah. We'll go one go on Whoa. Saturday. So, yeah. Wild. No <laughs> Speaking of that, wild... We have Mr. Tim Wilde in the house tonight, Ooh. and Gaz is joining him. Who else is there? Sound out in the chats if you are listening. See, there are yeah. four, four sets of eyes on us. We are talking crossovers in this episode, and Oof. I actually am going to not be taking lead on this topic because Paul came to uh -oh. us with a very interesting hypothesis. Deadly. He pencils. believes... And let me put words in his mouth because I know if Do I it. give Paul the mic too soon, he'll just like, I don't know, fall apart on the so spot, good. right? <laughs> Anyways, I, I do want to set you up at the moment, Paul. <laughs> I want to say that Paul believes there are more similarities between G.I. Joe and Transformers than there are differences. That is the point that he will try no to way. prove tonight on G.I. Joeberg. And Stephen Rob will try and disprove that, or at least I will. Yeah. And and you'll be the swing vote, Rob. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna be Hello, sure. Hello, Jimmy. Based on your Jimmy Godfrey's in the chat as well, joining the which wins. Good to see you, buddy. Uh, yeah, all right, so Paul, dude, take it away. Lower sway. Why are the robots in disguise like GI Joe? Well, well first up, though, Paul the, wants to uh, yeah. catch us up with life. With life. No, I just want to just quickly before we get like too hot and heavy in this, I just want to throw out a Ooh. happy birthday to Mola Joe. <gasps> um, it was his birthday like the other day, and it's well just this week. So I just thought, hey, it would be cool if he gets gets a GI Joe book shout out because he has contributed quite um, generously to the show with both his time and his creation. So Joe, if you're listening, thank you, man, and happy birthday. I hope it was a totally rad one. Wow, what a man, what a man. returns, big Joe. 
It is good also one. cool to see that he had some yeah. Gundam kits in Ooh. one of his uh, recent pics on Facebook. So, yay. He probably rips them apart to make better maulers. Okay, so <laughs> coming Take back to the, to the Transformers, G.I. <laughs> Joe, um, should I say likenesses and unlikenesses. Uh, so what's been happening, like for me, is I've just been, you know, checking out all those toys that are coming out and getting excited about Transformers as I do, and then like telling myself not to buy them as I do. And, you know, I've just been going through GI Joes as we do. And I kept think, like noticing, and it, it's like kind of obvious. I mean, I'm sure a lot of you guys have noticed this before, but a lot of the specialties that the Transformers have, the GI Joes also have. And it's kind of, I kind of feel that like sometimes they're interchangeable and I'm going to put a lot of my focus on the cartoon here um, specifically because, well, for starters, they both use uh, pot, uh, some of the same soundtrack, which is hilarious, but I really feel like they're the same property in a lot of ways because you've got Optimus Prime as the leader. Okay. And then you've got, okay. In the cartoon, it's not so much Hawk, but it's kind of Hawk, but it's more Duke. So Duke is kind of the Optimus of, of GI Joe. And, and there we have a bookshelf on the screen. Um, and like, just if you start looking at that, you take characters like Ratchet and you've got Lifeline and you take Bumblebee and you can equate Bumblebee to, well, quite a lot of things actually. Um, but the main thing that's like tweaking me on this whole thing, the thing that like started it all off was uh, Mr. Gary V. You posted a pic on Facebook the other day about some uh, Bumble Strikers that you got the other day. And I just looked at this and I was just like, why the hell is this just like, is G.I. Joe and Transformers just, why have they never just been the same property from the beginning? Why are they just, why didn't they just make them the same thing? Like the same world, the same universe. Why didn't they just do that? Because it almost feels like the, the writing team was like, okay, we'll do this one. We need a story for these cool robot toys. So we're just going to do this. And we also need a, a story for these cool army toys, but we make it like a little bit different and we'll just reap in all the money. But the toy so... lines had such distinct origin stories. GI Joe was a revitalizing of an old Hasbro property, in-house property mm -hmm. uh, and being brought into the modern age and brought down to the scale of Star Wars figures. Whereas Transformers was like a, a mishmash of, of, of Takara and various other sort of robot lines from the East. Yeah, so like put it under, under an umbrella and then tied together with I don't story. think yeah. anyone in the Hasbro offices in 1982 to 84 thought that these two toy concepts should occupy the same world. It's just... I mean, it's, it's just not like, at that stage. I mean, you've even got like the same voice artists for like both of them, you know, for the well, cartoons. Of course you do, man. Yeah. Sumbo yeah, had the same thing. actors on the call sheet. Like, the... If my time in the hallowed halls of, of voice acting is anything to go by, like the fact that there are two concurrent productions running just allow the voice casters to save time by doubling up. It's like, okay, well, you're doing G.I. Joe. Well, you can also do these three voices for Transformers. Phew. Okay, that's, that, that fills a gap. It's, it's not necessarily like, um, you know, a genius masterstroke to to have these guys. You know, you're not you're not seeing some kind of hidden um, 
converging lines here. You're literally seeing the yeah, practicalities no, of like like rush casting in the day. It's like these are the people that deliver. They deliver on this show. They can be counted on in the other shows. And and even though like some of these cartoons weren't produced by the same studios necessarily or had the same properties, you're still dealing with the same talent pool and the same casting directors. So everybody knows everybody in Tinseltown, right? But it's weird. It's like it's almost like by subconscious design. You know, it's it's like it's not like they sat like you said. It's not like they sat there and went, okay, you know, we're gonna do it this way. It's just that it just turned out that way. And I've almost feel like it automatically that when both writing teams, or, or in some cases the same writing team, were trying to come up with plots for for one or the other show, they started like just kind of writing something that maybe it's something that didn't pass for G.I. Joe. They just changed it around for Transformers. Although for that, I would need a way more extensive knowledge of the Transformers cartoon to actually be able to delve into that. But I'm more looking yeah, at... Yeah, I like, totally wanted voice. to call your bluff there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you, like, your, your argument is premised on the fact that like G.I. Joe had a leader and <laughs> Transformers no, had a no, leader. No. And G.I. Joe had a medic and Transformers had a medic. All, well, they have the same archetypes. That's the thing. So yeah. they both have a medic. They both have somebody who's in charge with somebody else who's trying to knock the person off, you know, in, that's in charge off their, their like throne. They've both got mm-hmm. like uh, mysterious characters, you know, um, sort of pseudo mystical characters, but within their own shows, like how Soundwave is kind of, uh, Soundwave and Shockwave are kind of, mystical in their own way they they do use technology but that's like magic you know if you have to transport uh, <laughs> translate it to like spirit and storm shadow that kind of vibe i feel like like a lot of those characters exist and in a weird way i kind of like it's got me thinking and this is like the wild card this is the thing i didn't tell you guys about in preparation for the show mm-hmm. um and and kind of where the the i want a lot wild of quick fire questions to come so <laughs> instead of like so there's going to have two phases. The first phase is going to be like, if if hypothetically we made a GI Joe cartoon and the Transformers were part of that GI Joe cartoon, never mind it not being not a crossover. Don't think of it as like Transformers existed and GI Joe existed. And now we're smashing them together. Like think of them as like only one property. So it's either Transformers with GI Joe characters in them, which is very much like the movies be fair <laughs> um or you take gi joe and you've got transformers in there as part of you know part of the world you know like like how vehicles in mask transform like the same kind of thing so they're in that universe so like what characters do you think would make a compelling transformers or should i say gi joe show if there's transforming robots in it like who would be your core team do you think we would have like a whole different diversity do you think we would get a lot of do you think we would get ratchet and lifeline if that was the case there's lots of like possibilities so yeah and the only person who hasn't given me any kind of pushback yet is is robbie and i'm curious to hear what rob's thoughts are like are you crazy paul why are you crazy well they've they've definitely i mean crossed over successfully um Mm. before so i mean it's not it's not impossible that they would work together quite well and I think right. definitely, hmm. No, no, you're right. Carry oh, on. you're agreeing with me that I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. right, and that I'm, I'm agreeing with you with those points, because 
yeah, I mean, yeah, it was, it was a cool thing. I mean, they both wore, they essentially both wore shows, um, you know, the the G.I. Joes and then with the, this, they're just robots, but they're fighting a war on another planet um, in Transformers. So definitely there can be crossover in that they would team up to kind of like battle um, their enemies, even if I think the G.I. Joes weren't directly affected by the Decepticons, they would, they would definitely still help out the, the Transformers if they needed to, to be able mm. to kind of like take down whatever Decepticon threat there is. And it would make sense for them to become the vehicles that the G.I. Joes and the Cobras already use. I mean, that could be where yeah. their vehicles were always came from, is that, you know, they were very much um, just, you know, kind of like... Uh, what's the word um f foot soldiers you know they were just like kind of like soldiers but then they mm. kind of got this amazing technology through through teaming up with the the transformers and then basically the entire toy line would always have been the to the vehicles were the transformers and they were transformed into you know a havoc or a or a whale or whatever so i think definitely that could have been a fun gimmick yeah oh that would be absolutely fantastic um if they had kind of realized, oh yeah, these things are basically very similar, um, and could have uh, made that crossover happen, because I mean that that's a money making potential that you've just completely lost out on. And then the and the second like line, the second kind of line of thinking, this is the one that actually excites me the most. You guys, mm -hmm. um, listeners, and you guys here on the show, you might remember Rob's episode where. He had this like alternate version of G.I. Joe where Scarlet and Snake Eyes were like the big bad. And Destro was kind of leading the G.I. Joes. You know, and it was it's like kind of in my mind, it was kind of like an Iron Man kind of concept. He wore like a suit of armor akin to like yeah. Iron Man would do it. And it had a very strong sort of um What's the uh, word I'm looking for? It had a, a very cool like vibe to it. It wasn't just like alternate G.I. Joe. It had like a cool uh, out of this world kind of multiversal quality to it that I liked a lot. And it got me thinking of like concepts and things. And I've been trying to push for an episode where we talk about this. Um, <laughs> but, but I feel like we'll get to that episode one day, I hope anyway. But this leads me to the cra crazy content or the crazy idea here is what if the gi joes were like robots and not gi joes like how would you guys imagine that what would your team be like I, what would what would your team be you could like maybe let's pick three okay and i'll give you guys like i'm I'm speaking like this so i can give you guys a chance to think about it and what would they transform into you know if the transformers were the gi joes so you had scarlet that transformed into an ice cream truck and <laughs> like they fought how would it like work in your brain like what would your story then be you know like yeah well we got That'd a good suggestion almost preemptively out of the gate by Zantara saying that uh, I can't wait to hear how CoverGirl can transform into an ATV <laughs> yeah nice and also the fact that if G.I. Joe's could transform into vehicles, then all the G.I. Joe drivers <laughs> would be out of a job. Very, very astute observations, both of them. Um, I guess I always like the idea of the more outlandish G.I. Joe vehicles being adopted as alt modes. So I'd definitely mm -hmm. try and work in something as silly as the Havoc. But that seems like a very dukish kind of vehicle. Um, 
Though at the same time, Hawk was released at the same time in his general's outfit. Mm. Um, so maybe the Havoc as Hawk, as your kind of Optimus Prime character. That's that's my first suggestion. Rob, do you want to swing for the fences and drop one into the into the pot? Perceptor. <laughs> of course. Well, no, you're, you're asking recasting G.I. Joes as transforming robots. Yeah. 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 So I think Rob's still muted. So maybe he's I talking think... at us. Maybe he's talking to someone else. Maybe he's no, no. I, I was no, no. I do not have company. I was. Uh, I keep forgetting that I muted it on anyway. I think. <laughs> I mean, you could even do like Ace would would become the Sky Striker. I think that, that that's a really cool one. Oh, jeez, that's really root one. Why didn't I think of that? Hey, how do you not come up with that first? It's the first thing that came to my head. I was like, ah, oh, Ace. He just becomes the jet, and then hopefully he'll be a little bit more <laughs> careful about crashing himself <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can't keep writing off sky strikers when you are the sky striker ace yeah, good one good one leader one all right yes very leader one though leader one was an f-15 as i recall yeah anyway was, yeah. pedantics well geez that's a that's a correlation so gobots and transformers leaned into the f-15 as it's like primary jet fighter they're still gorgeous. Yeah. My goodness. While I was in Singapore, I saw a, a formation flight of F-15s and they're amazing jets. Oh, they're sexy birds. Yeah. Why was G.I. Joe never all about that F-15 action? I guess like Top Gun. if there was a cool jet of the 90s, it would have been that. But they settled on the Ghost Striker X-16 and that was that, boys. Any hooch. Welcome Any to the hooch. chat, G.I. Gary. Um, I think it's my turn again. And are we doing Cobras? We have to. You can do right? cobras, yeah, by all means. Like, cobras. Well, of course, Serpentor is going to turn into his own air chariot. Like, he's just this like serpentine hovercraft contraption. Yeah, too easy. I like. I like the yeah. idea of like the cobra, like the the cobra sort of cabal, the the highest echelons of cobra, like Baroness, Cobra Commander, Destro. And let's say Major Blood and let's say um, Serpentor are a Oof. combiner. I think that would be like Ooh. super rad. Like, <laughs> man. They, so they all transform into their things, but then they can transform together to be this big, this giant mess of a killer machine. You well, know, then like cast it, Paul. I'm going to throw my head into the ring and say Destro should be the armor. He should be the, the his tank. Baroness should be something light and airy like a fang. What else you got? Yes. What's Cobra Commander doing? Ooh, Cobra Commander. Um, I, off the top of my head, uh, Trouble Bubble, Flight Pod. <laughs> oh, he's kind of small then, but I suppose yeah, he's kind of useless. <laughs> no, Very I'm seeing him more like an asp simply because of the color scheme. Like oh, yeah, just like just like your 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 king in chess has limited movement. Like Cobra Commander is an artillery piece. He depends on someone else to set him up, or he has That's to. That's why he's there. so quick to retreat as well, because he, you know, he has to transform <laughs> back into himself to retreat. Get out but the there. fact that an asp is classic cobra, and it's set in cobra blue, or kind of a darker shade of cobra blue, but still blue, that tips me that that would be Cobra Commander. Sorry, I'm just overruling you, left, right, and center, Rob. <laughs> 
finish off this combiner, who does that leave? We've got Destro, Baroness, Cobra Commander. We need five. So let's do a Zartan. What does Zartan turn into? Ooh. Oh, Zartan's tough. But I, I, I kind of want him to transform into the Mamba because it's, it's kind of like Ooh. a weird, strange vehicle with double rotors. And yeah, I can cool. imagine it kind of being stealthy. Either that or, or no, no. He could be um the, the what's it called? The Sky Raven. Oh, yeah, the Night Raven. Night Raven. Raven. There we go. Perfect. Oh, very he's good at stealth. You know, he's very fast. You don't see him coming. And also that gives him the ability to kind of like sneak into areas that he wouldn't be able to otherwise. And just gets himself to wherever he needs to go. Tell us, tell us what Storm Shadow transforms into. Come on. Ooh, <laughs> You've got it on the tip of your tongue, right? He does. A claw. <laughs> A claw. Beautiful. <laughs> And that's wow. the kind of the backpack of the Gestalt mode. But Troy Smith asks a very important question in the chats. Would the Cobra High Command be able to work together as one robot? Wow. Interesting. Well, this is what makes it Saturday morning cartoon, you know. Absolutely. Uh, they yeah. would eventually have differing opinions and that would tear the robot apart and ultimately allow G.I. Joe to win the day. Because yes, that's why G.I. Joe also wins all the time. Because Cobra cannot work together well. If they could, they would always win. It's the same like with most mm -hmm. bad guys. They're so powerful, but it's their their character flaws that make them weak and allow them to be beaten by the bad guys. The Except guys. in this case, the, 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 the enemy hierarchy literally. is literally tearing itself <laughs> apart. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Gaz has a great suggestion. Right I, I assume for the swamp for uh, Zartan, and that would be the swamp fire. You know, any dreadnought that vehicle makes I sense, would be quite unconventional and, and that's Zartan's thing but no one has said the chameleon swamp gear interesting oh wow. my goodness that box it chunk because in gobots uh there's a character uh, uh, it's the i think it's called black lamborghini is the name of that character that's the female original name the female yeah basher and that's always like, for me. That's Crasher or Basher? Smasher? Yeah. Like, Nasher? I'm sure yes, Morgan Lothian does this... the voice for that character as well. Um, I, would I mean, not be I said surprised. without having any facts to hand, but just uh, other than my memory as a child <laughs> hearing. Out of your thumb. But we must stop the GoBots. <laughs> <You know? laughs> the GoBots. Um, so Destro, we must stop the like, GoBots. So, like, if, if the, like, if the word this toy line, and for some some crazy 1980s uh, black magic toy design. You got a GI Joe that was well, or uh, a transforming army man at four or oh, three, three and three quarter scale. Like Ooh. that would be like a crazy, crazy toy line, or they would be kind of like the micro men then. And then you would get these parts and you'd almost have to parts form them into a vehicle or something like that. Like, that, that, I'm sorry, I'm just like sh shooting forward to what the toys could be like. You know, would they be like normal Transformers? Let's just let's just pretend that the whole history of how GI Joe and Transformers existed in our upbringing didn't exist this way. We're kind of rewriting it. So, <laughs> you know, now that well, we, then, well, I, you I've been suited to be distracted, like... but please continue. It's the same like like with Transformers themselves. Like they would have to somehow be in scale to each other, but because they're in mm. scale to each other, they lose correct scaling in one form or the other. So either they all the all the dudes are to scale to with each other, or all the vehicles are to scale with each other. 
um, which is difficult to kind of get right, I think. Yeah, mm, it's the eternal yeah, the problem that problem plagues Transformers from the, the early days. But the Jets like the really second aren't, they got past, scale. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the Takara Autobot cars are delightfully scaled, mm. but as soon as they start, you know, doing their own designs and like, oh, sorry, not Takara, they were Diaclon because mm. they all had little occupants. But then they started pulling in stuff from Microman and started pulling in stuff from, I've got, what was Corot it? Robotech? Uh, Macross. Yeah, mm. of course. Macross, yeah. Macross. Um, I just yeah, wanted awesome. to mention that, yes, uh, thank you, Gaz, in the chats, uh, correcting us. Crasher, Crasher. was a Porsche. Oh, and was a Porsche. she was voiced by someone called Marilyn Lightstone. Wow. That's a cool And name. I just looked at some other uh, casting choices on GoBots. Turbo was by Arthur Berghardt. So huh. Destro voiced huh. Turbo. And I can hear it now, like the kind of the hot rod of the GoBots ironically was voiced by the guy voiced destro that's why interesting he's an actor mm. yeah bj ward who i think is lady j is that correct yeah. paul uh yes. voiced a character called small smallfoot uh -huh. presumably like the the guardians i don't know female like token female character i like I she was kind of medical if i'm not mistaken or technical could yeah. be actually I just want to just mention this uh, comment from Troy Smith. Zartan should be anything that is dual purpose like the sea slug. That is oh. actually a really cool idea. So he would be like a triple changer. So he'd be like Zartan, sea slug. That's a cool the idea. Jet mode and uh, the glider mode. That's cool. <laughs> Does that mean he's Destro's dominator? Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, yeah. I've come around a little bit on that toy. It's um, It's fragile as hell, but like... <laughs> What you're gonna do? It's a transforming tank. It's weird and unique, and there's fun to be had. Fortunately, mm. my rotor blades spin really well, so if I just keep it in helicopter mode and never transform it, it makes for a interesting bit of like attack aircraft. Anyway, greetings to Bob Squad. He's also Hell on yeah. the money, predicting that Bobby. Storm Shadow could make for an interesting claw. Hell yeah! There we go. Hell yeah! Mm. Great minds so think alike. So the story and fools never that, differ. No. So the story would be that an ancient alien species is having a war on their planet, and then they steal this most powerful thing, you know, as in, you know, what's it called? The um of power. MacGuffin. Matrix of power. MacGuffin of power. They're still the MacGuffin. Matrix of, of leadership. Power. Oh, ma the Decepticons made a matrix of power, didn't they? Yes, to kind of counter the matrix of leadership. Power is so better they, than So leadership. they steal this thing, and then the opposing, the, the fascist totalitarian villain from that uh, thing follows them to Earth. They crash land, but instead of like scanning vehicles and stuff, they end up scanning people, or they're like a disease, and then their disease like infects a whole bunch of people, and those people just happen ah. to be a military force that's Dick doing exercises virus. at the same time. And so they become, yeah, it's a techno virus. So that's why our military characters, our GI Joes and our Cobras, then start getting these robotic abilities, like being able to transform into things and whatever. I think it could also be mm. like a great marketing ploy 
if you could only uh, transform them if you had two of the characters. So like you had to have Baroness and Destro, for example, <laughs> to combine to make a his tank. You know, I hate get, that. Like, I also hate it. I'm <laughs> just saying, like that's a very capitalist corpo. Move. I also really hate that shit. It it was um, probably done by like generic off-brand um, Transformers-esque toys before hmm. they had the. I'm blanking on the name, but Battle Trap is one of them. They are basically two vehicles that have to combine to make one robot. They cannot mm. form robots on their own. That is crazy. So like a helicopter and an SUV have to combine to make the robots. And why am I blanking on the name? Normally I'm better at this. Like random facts that stick when it comes to like <laughs> toys that I don't really particularly care for. Nah. But yes, I, I do recall I can see them. You're suffering from Duo cons. Duo cons. That's what they were called. Duo cons. And that's just dumb, man. No, I, I cannot get behind that idea ever. You have to, to buy have... them both. Well, as long as they <laughs> well, sold together. But I mean, if they get sold yes, separately, the, then you're duo, screwed. The duo cons were always sold together. But I can imagine you know, buying them on the aftermarket that can sometimes be separated. And that must be really lame. That should be. Yeah, that would be super, super lame. No, I remember buying like one lame. of those. A really cool I remember idea. buying like an off-brand, like it looked like a cool, like very anime-inspired space jet, very like edgy and wings pointing out of everywhere and multiple like cockpits and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> and it just it just made like a pair of legs. I was so disappointed <laughs> when I I couldn't transform it into a robot. It just made oh, a pair of oh, legs. Crap. That's Very like crap. getting Marvel Legends when they had the figures, you know, the pieces. The builder figure. The, the, the and builder, you could only get though. a couple of them. I know they still do it. Except, like, that's except how the I only thing up... in the package is the builder figure part. Yeah. In this case. I, I mean, else. I get your analogy, Rob. Yeah. But, but, but like, it's this... only the builder figures. Pieces. Gross. Gross. Hey, now that you mentioned that, um, a company called Trendmasters, uh, they did this where they actually got like a lot of uh toys from japan and sort of repackage them into other like into their own brands and things and they had a, a and and it was quite like prevalent in south africa i actually found it at clicks of all places but it was a very cool like orange car and a very cool like blue motorbike kind of thing both very sci-fi paul spoke transform... about this before yeah man mm. and they could I love that line. transform to like lame Robots on their own, and then like one <laughs> sort of okay combined Probably. robot. Yeah, Lame robots on their own. But I really love somewhere. that orange car. I still dig that thing. Hmm. I'm, I'm really sad that I can't find any trace. I of like it the blue toy. bike. I gave it to like my parents' ones. domestic. Hmm. Oh. Anyways, oh. guys, should we should we talk a little bit about a toy that is currently available? A toy that I wish I had to hand, but unfortunately. Don't do not get. um a lot of people do have the bumble striker with stalker <laughs> the bumble striker who's a bumble yeah. striker he bumbles being a striker. otherwise it's the orby i like Gross. how his feet look like um, like um look like you. mouths <laughs> his feet are the car seats and i have watched a review of this uh in quite no, for, are they actually 
Because that's like yes. so bad. Like, what if like the seats were like leather, and now like he's just smashing his feet into the ground, and when you have to sit on those seats, they're gonna be so uncomfortable because they're completely Full of broken glass. Yeah, well, then you're lucky to help him sneak around a bit, having padded feet. <laughs> it helps him, but it doesn't help the people sitting inside him. It helps does look really soft cool. shoe dancing. Yeah, man, and makes <laughs> quite a convincing all striker. I've looked at the transformation. It's um, intuitive and not overly complex. Like, and what the Bumble striker does better than the old Mega Hiss is that it kind of cleans up its back kibble without this enormous mm. protrusion. I mean, the roll bars of the ore striker will always kind of hang off the back. You can remove them mercifully, but they are still present. And I suppose if you're a Transformers fan, first and foremost, that's subpar. You'd want them to fold away more neatly. But I think G.I. Joe fans are going to give this a lot of leniency um, mm. because we gave the, well, a lot of us gave the his tank a, a, a big pass. And I think I mean, you know, well, by all accounts, yeah. no, she did not. But this stalker looks great. And mm. I mean, stalkers are becoming particularly brittle. So mm. it gives you a nice carefree stalker to play with. But but yeah, almost unanimously, people are, are happy with this toy. So if you can find it, particularly if you can find it at a good deal, get it. Um, I was disgusted That's to see what it. the what the, the recommended retail price in the UK was. Um, gross. I can't believe you guys like are paying $50. that much. Yes, but they're close to a hundred pounds. Oh my God, that were, is disgusting. That's horrifying. Or was it 50 pounds? Anyways, basically it, it, it felt like I got a really sweet deal with the mega his when I was listening to this guy's review. His name is Prime versus Prime. Um, wonderful, very young British reviewer wow. gets the stuff in super early, very consistent reviews, beautiful lighting, um, but laughable how little he knows about our era of GI Joe. Like he didn't know that action figures had rubber bands in them. He was that kind of naive to the fact. And also he was like, it's a pity about the weapon that Bumblebee comes with because it really has a, a nice big cavity for a spring loaded missile. Why doesn't it have a missile? I'm like, huh. dude, do not say that to die-hard, old-school G.I. Joe fans. <laughs> They'd be like, no, don't put a spring-loaded launcher in our well, beloved thank goodness striker. there are new people getting into this stuff. I think that's awesome, uh, regardless Truth. of his historical knowledge of, of toys. Well, G.I. Gary has his stalker next to him right now and Bumble Striker. Um, on the topic of the footwear... They're Cybertronian leather, so I guess uh, yeah, they, they aren't going to get too scuffed up. By they're going to get scuffed on. up too quick. Okay, I, I thought it would be something like that, something sci-fi. Yeah. Troy's I'm got his, to... and yeah, Bob Squad is a fan of Prime this. versus Prime. Nice. There we go. And I know that, like I've said in the past, that like Stalker is one of the biggest draw, draw cards for me with this um, with this release, and I know that that's kind of the where every G.I. Joe fan is like, yeah, I'm going to get that because I'm going to get a cool stalker and stuff. But yeah, the Ostriker... <laughs> I'm just spending £100 so I can get stalker. <laughs> get a bit of stalker, which, you know, Look, let's not mess around. Paul, this it's is an absolute no-brainer for one. you, bro, because yeah. Yeah. you don't have a classic stalker and you don't have a what classic Ostriker either. I don't. And this and, fits the silhouette and I like the toy. of a stalker. Yeah. I like it. And he like, even I likes really the like it. I, with the With the Mega Hiss, I was 
like I like it, but I don't love it. But the bubble striker, I actually love it. And all stri- vintage all strikers have some issues that can deter you from enjoying them properly. The turning front forks is one that is kind of fiddly because they kind of lock in one direction. Then you're kind of effectively dragging them if you're pushing them along your desk or you're always doing a left or a right turn, hard turn. The aerials are always stressed if they're not broken or missing. The attachment points for the black cabling, particularly on the roll bar, that could easily snap. Um, What else? The suspension, the rear suspension can be shot on a lot of them. In fact, I reinforced mine with two paper clips because my wheels were just dragging on the inside of the, the wheel arches. So yeah. vintage all strikers are delightful and also a pain in the butt. This looks like a very, very solid reproduction of one that won't give you those kind of irks. So even mm-hmm. if you were a hardcore G.I. Joe fan, just using this as a <laughs> an all striker with the Transformers logo on the back, um, it's fine. It's cool. It's perfectly serviceable. It's a fun buggy toy to load up with Joe's and off you go. I do, however, imagine it's got the same foot peg issues as the Mega His um, uh. in that it only will accommodate new reproduction O-ring figures new and not classics, figures. which sucks because both the Ore Striker and the His Tank, I've said this before, the, the foot peg boards are quite a prominent feature of both these vehicles. Yeah, It's not like a vehicle that just has extraneous foot peg points just dotted around its surface. That like, what are the guys doing? Like just sort of surfing on the on the hood <laughs> of this vehicle? Like they got nothing to hold on to. Whereas with the Ore Striker, those foot peg boards are like sunken, like mesh grates. Yeah, that's the guys makes perfect can, sense. You can kneel them in those 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 pontoons, whatever you would call them, gunwales or runners. And the same thing with the back sill of the hiss. It's so deliberately a additional troop ride on capacity. So for that not to mesh well with vintage O-ring figures really sucks for me. But hey, it has grown smart in kind of insulating this new O-ring line. Which prompts me to talk a little bit about the fact that it seems dead on arrival, at least at this Why? point. There's no the new announcement. The new O-ring mean? retro releases, uh, like beyond the three two-packs, the Stinger and the two crossover vehicles, like no new announcements and that's a gaping hole. Gentlemen, discuss. I feel like they have another month to go before the end of the 40th anniversary. So I, I believe Hasbro can pull this back. They can, they can get Oh, back and the Sky Striker, of course. Oh, and of course the Sky Striker, but like that's had that's a you know, Pulse exclusive. So, so Rob, you are be- you believing that's like they're not abandoning the nah, O-ring? One more quietly. month to go, they can do it. Okay. I think they're probably moving forward. I mean, I think they they know their focus. Well, they feel their focus has to be the classified line. And I think that's good mm-hmm. because I mean, that's where they're making their money. That's where they're innovating a lot with, um, mm-hmm. you know, design and, uh, you know, updating things. Um, so I can see kind of where the retro line is not really their focus. But I think as these really cool crossover vehicles sell more, um, I think they will. Con- they should continue doing the line. We should get more, like, cool classic characters updated. 
it's silly to just have maybe six or seven figures that you can have interact with these really cool new vehicles. I agree. Paul, what say you? Must be more. He I think. Um, I think Hasbro is trying a lot of things at the moment. Um, I think. Okay, let's just consider one thing. They made their most money, I think, last year and this year, of Magic: The Gathering. So mm. I kind of feel mm. like, you know, if anything, we're most likely going to see um, GI Ooh. Joe characters on Magic cards. Um, Interesting. Time soon now. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Magic: The Gathering but... characters is GI Joes, classified figures. Ooh. Um, but I think like looking at how they've been like pumping out the classified stuff and yeah, as Steve said, we haven't had any like real news about the retro things. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of safe to say that if it's, uh, uh, and this is uncharacteristic for Hasbro, if we haven't seen anything by now, if you haven't seen any rumors or anything about this, that and whatever figure coming out, got a strong feeling that it might be dead. But then again, let's give it until the end of the financial year with and see how the Bumble Striker does. And maybe they'll go, oh, wait, there's potential with the Bumble Striker and, you know, sell a whole bunch. But yeah, I also kind of feel like it's it's kind of dying, which is kind of sad because I think it's a great concept that they had there. And uh, I think it did a lot for the vintage G.I. Joe fans. And I think it does a lot. I, I think it was like Hasbro moving in, in the direction of He-Man or, or Moto Origins. And I think that would have been so good for them had they kept pushing that forward. But yeah, they're ultimately not going to because it's Hasbro, sadly. I'm I'm going to take a hard line and say the O-ring is going to quietly disappear just like the modern construction disappeared. No. And how no, is Prime no, versus Prime ever going to learn how cool <laughs> O-ring figures are? It's a shame because they just did these two and it's kind of fulfilled a need that we've always had as G.I. Joe mm -hmm. fans who also dabble in Transformers. And we've always asked the question, like, why haven't we had in-scale transforming G.I. Joe vehicles? So mm -hmm. to just stop here is a shame. But let's also not lose sight of the fact that, like, the modern retro figures had two vehicles and that was the Or Striker and the Hiss. And then they did the Hiss 3 you know, it was basically the same mold, but like that's where it ended. So it seems like, you know, they, they push these two designs out and then, you know, dust their hands off and, and move back into full-time classified. It's like, See we, you at the we, 50th. We, yeah, we gave you that taste that you've been craving. Let's get back to the main event. Um, yeah. 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 And also th there's something that I recall Emily saying, in one I of her, I hate how uh, cynical it is, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I'm cynical, Steve. Welcome Ooh. to my show. <laughs> but she said, she said that um, the design team were kind of caught with their pants down by Hasbro's ruling middle of this year that the plastic-free packaging excludes that that their decision to to take away the plastic um, does not apply to collector lines. So main lines like classified will fully adopt the plastic free packaging moving forward, mm. but collector lines that rely on the window card or the yeah, mm. window boxes or, or carded um, bubble blister packs, um, they would still be allowed to operate as per usual. And that ruling came out too late for them to have any product ready for the end of 2022. They uh, kind of so decided, they probably already like, shelved 
let's get rid of that. Yeah, the, the carded retro classified stuff had no nothing else in the pipeline beyond mm. the initial ones that that are already available. And the O-ring stuff also kind of had petered out because of this decision. So had they known that the decision would be overturned and that these these lines would be exempt from the plastic free packaging rule, they would have cracked on and kept designing. But I think maybe that's a little bit of corporate doublespeak. Maybe that's just their way of saying, like, kind of, oh, we would have loved to give you guys far more O-ring figures, but plastic-free packaging got in the way. And um, <laughs> and now now they're just it's just excommunicado. Like they're not so they're not cynical. saying anything anymore. So, so it'll kind of quietly fade into the background. Yeah, it. I also feel like it's them kind of going, yeah, okay, we gave you what you wanted. Surprise, it didn't work. Now let us carry on doing what we want to do, which is GI Joes and magic cards, which I really think is going to happen. Oh, for sure. Like really, it's really. Gonna I happen. know it's going to happen. Really because soon. What is that? Um, there's a there's a property now that's coming. There's a magic card line that's coming out, and it's got a another Hasbro property as the cards uh, as the characters. It's a uh, it's a whole thing. My Little Pony. No, not My Little Pony. <laughs> um, but I saw some samples the other day. I actually I wonder if I'm even allowed to speak about it. Anyway, I don't um, think you are. I think you're, is... you're talking out of your ass. No, beyond your thing. NDA. There's, there's a, yeah, I might be speaking beyond NDA. But yeah, there's there something go. I saw the other day and I was like, wow, they're doing magic cards of that. That's insane. Like I've never seen, I've never seen that ever happen with magic cards before. So let's see. Do you um, know what's not cynical? Crossovers, more crossovers. <laughs> more crossovers. What else could we possibly cross Diageo over with? I think oh there is tons of things that they could cross over with. Um. I'm hoping you guys have some ideas of things that, that uh, they could cross over with. But I'm going to present two that I think would be a lot of fun. Two? And two. two. Yeah, two. Shit. Two. Because I was like, damn, I got oh. good ideas. Is it any of the stuff that they've already crossed G.I. Joe with? Or is this as far as fresh? I know, I feel like the ideas that I've come up with are ones that they have not done yet. You will need to... Correct me if I'm wrong, because I, my knowledge of Jar Jar is not absolute, like Stevens is, uh, and Paul's to a degree. Um, <laughs> absolute Jar Jar knowledge. I know everything. BJ Summers is the voice of Baroness. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't BJ Summers from that, uh, that show with Dodge Johnson or something? Don Johnson. No, what, Notch what, Johnson. Oh, it Notch Johnson. Like, it was like it a ripple from Baywatch. It was really, oh. really good. <laughs> okay. It was really BJ. great. Oh, yeah. She was Pamela Anderson. Yes, it was a character called BJ. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. But um. Anyway. so these are two that I think would be very interesting. And and also they fit thematically with G.I. Joe, I believe. So the first one is actually Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm just going to get ahead of Paul in case he was going to say Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, I feel like it's such an easy one. Like, how has it not actually happened already? It hasn't, has it? It hasn't. No, it hasn't. I don't think it has. Absolutely not. Because it's just, it's once again, it lines up. I mean, I think more cartoon-wise than um, comic book-wise. Um, you know, it's about ninjas. It's about gadgets. It's good versus evil. And grand diabolical schemes. Especially when um, Krang enters the picture with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, and there's a ninja clan. And there's a ninja clan there as well. 
So, I mean, mm-hmm. you have the, the, the foot in here, and then you have the, the red ninjas and the, the Oshikage. And I think you can have really cool like interactions between the different characters on the good side and the bad side. Like Leo being the leader would, would be very interesting to see him interacting, say, with Duke or Flint. Um, Donnie would be a great to see him interacting with the more technically minded G.I. Joes, maybe sci-fi. Mainframe, yeah. Mainframe. Um, Raphael would make a really cool... I think he would link up really well with someone like Jinx, who's more, I think, grounded than he is mm. in general. And it kind of like helps him to kind of like learn to be maybe more grounded than he is because he's usually the, the brashest of them. And I think Mikey would, would do well to like link up with some sort of pranksters on the GI Joe team. Or someone who really enjoys eating pizza. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I kind of think and, Raphael and Snake Eyes working together is kind of a dream team thing. I think that'd be awesome too. I, I definitely mm. thought it would be a, a cool idea to think about that. And also, like, as I was saying, themes-wise, I think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles always brings forward, especially in the cartoons, um, the idea, the core principles of brotherhood and teamwork. And I feel like teamwork, obviously, has always been, like, a big thing with Jai Jai. Like, you, we are better mm. together. We work well as a team to beat our enemies. And that's always been a very, very big thing with the... Oops. Uh, the turtles, um, where they, it's always about teamwork. You know, Rafael always wants to go off on his own and do stuff, but he always in the end realizes it's better to do stuff together with my brothers. Yeah. Cause they usually have think, to rescue him. Yeah, exactly. They always got to like go, and, go and rescue him. He's the, you know, one of the cooler ones, but he always needs to be rescued. And I think it'll be such a fun, like crossover, you know, Cobra kind of like teaming up with Krang to kind of like take over the world in some way. Um, you got on Tom Rat. That's, that's actually an awesome idea. There's a cool team up for you. Uh, April yeah. O'Neill and Scoop. Hell yeah. I yeah, actually, pretty cool, I actually completely glossed over that in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I you, think you're not thinking of mutants, you you know, you, but April is like kind of integral. Yeah, she to the is whole definitely part experience. of the team. That would actually be a, that's actually a good one. And they both wear yellow, boys. Come on. Yes. Oh. And they both come with a handgun and a camera. Well spotted. Exactly. Mm. So I think it's a really cool crossover because also TMNT has been crossing over with a lot of other properties in the last couple of Ghostbusters years. Ghostbusters. Uh, Ghostbusters, they crossed over with them. They crossed over with Batman. They cro- now, currently, they're crossing over with the, the Power Rangers as well. Yeah, which is so actually kind of cool. Yeah. That does sound really cool. It sounds very fitting. I, but think I think the t- the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles might be the biggest crossover sluts of them all. <laughs> they just they just have no standards. They will cross over with anyone, anybody of a similar actually... of a similar status. <laughs> yeah, and I think it works because I mean, like TMNT. Yes, they are ninjas and they're mutants, but they're not over the top, you know, superheroics. You know, it's not like where yeah. the power levels are so skewed where it will be definitely that the one team will always beat up the other team or at least be saving the other team. I think it that they definitely would work better together than say superheroes would with the with the GI Joes. Yeah. Look, I like the fact that the TNMT guys are essentially street level. Yeah. They might be mutants, but you know, there there is some smattering of mutancy in GI Joe. Zartan is a perfect example, but also like if you think of Venomous Maximus, mm. the Vela versus Venom era, like there are, and, and, you know, experimentations with reptilian DNA happens plenty. Yeah. So and it, it fits in with the, yeah, they fit together so yeah. well, I think. Yeah, yeah. And of course, ninjas. 
I mean, yeah, ninjas. Fifty percent of all GI Joe adventures these days are ninja centric. <laughs> now, guys, I'm gonna hit pause quickly and just ah. add another dose of cynicism. This time, not Ooh. prompted by me, but by Zantara, who asks or says, "I rarely am a fan of crossovers slash shared universes. When there is a plot to destroy the world that one hero group is addressing, I always ask myself where the other one is at. It is distracting." And I wanted right. to ask this of you, Paul, when we were talking about Transformers, that their, or the Decepticons' modus operandi, their, or their primary goal, is always let's farm this world for Energon. They're after Energon. Yeah. They, don't, they don't care about the Earth. They want to leave it a burnt-out husk. They care about Cybertron. They want to harvest our energy. Where does that leave Cobra Command? Like, they want to rule the world. They don't want to rule a burnt-out cinder. So, like... The, the 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 goals will seldom align neatly. And mm. I mean, that feeds into what Zantara is saying. Like if one group is trying to achieve something and you've got this other group that are kind of very, very round, round hole, square peg, trying to fit in with that goal, like they're going to be pulling apart. Like it just, you can't service both groups individual goals at least not properly yeah anyway just something to bear in mind with crossovers I, and i too like i'm also going to be in that camp of like it's fun for the flash factor but very rarely do you feel a crossover working like down to the brass tacks because these yeah, two worlds no, for sure it's so different but i think it, yeah i think it that is true there are very few crossovers that it's like why did these guys have to work together often yes it's a gimmick you know, um, like, I mean, even some of the cooler like, comic book ones, I think like Superman and Spider-Man, um, I was, I thought that was quite cool. Um, it's like, how do they really like interact with their, with the, the opposite opposing bad guys? It's like, what, what are they bringing to the table that you cannot normally defeat? Um, that you need to have some sort of otherworldly interaction. Well, and I mean, cool yeah. Yeah, but within within worlds themselves, there can be um, contradictions. And over time, um, I think, for example, like the MCU, it's 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 getting so big now that it's very difficult to keep track of every single thing that's been established and make every new story actually interlock and fit well with what has happened before, as well as they yeah. could do in say previous phases. Um, so even f within franchises themselves, there are difficulties. But but yeah, I think it's more glaringly obvious when there are crossovers. That's, you know, like parts of this world do not fit together well at all. I'm going to keep I... coming back to my favorite example of a crossover, a successful G.I. Joe Transformers Ooh. crossover, and that being Tom Shirley. Tom Shirley, yeah. yeah, of course. Always, always and forever. That guy, because he just threw it all at the wall, man. Like, he, he, I think he kept everyone's motivations true because they're all so convoluted and twisting. And, I mean, Dr. Venom has this crazy... Like, I am a good guy. He needs to prove himself. Um, General Flag wants to nuke everybody. Like, just he's absolutely gung-ho madman. Uh, Hawk wants to honor his, his family legacy, and he knows that he's the only one who can defeat the Decepticons. This, uh, Megatron's trying to hold his whole world together. Like, everyone is still staying true to their own goals. So that is a shining example of how to do it right. Yeah. Agreed, but yeah. I know it's that's a cup of tea. Some people... Out. Some people can't uh, stomach the art, so that's as far as they get <laughs> until they check out. Guys, I have a further. master list on 
on the G.I. Joe wiki page of Insane. all the crossovers. Now, this Wild. isn't just... Well, they've, they've got crossovers and also mentions, and the mentions oh. list is long because G.I. Joe obviously is a kind of a, a cultural touchstone. It's going to be mentioned in everything from yeah. uh, the, Golds, the Goldbergs to Ready Player One. But as far as actual you know, crossover medium is concerned, we have Action Man. We have Transformers. We have Street Fighter. We have Infestation, Unit E, Monopoly, <laughs> Danger Girl, Toy Soldiers, no. ROM, mm. The Six Million Dollar Man, Fortnite, World of Tanks, and most recently, as of February 23rd, 2022, something called Brawlhalla. Oh, yeah. Mm. I'm guessing that's it's a, a game. game. Yeah, the Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow are skins. So yeah. in anything from a skin to actual like written content, that's that's kind of the closed list for now. Hmm. I'm wow. still like my mind is still on that uh, on what Zontara brought up because for me like what had happened there. Sorry, just because I just want to get out of my system. But <laughs> yeah, so um, Decepticons are basically bleeding Earth of its energon, um, and then. You know, Cobra is not necessarily going to help um, the Decepticons. Like, so he'll also, yeah, Cobra also will also oppose them, but for different reasons to why the Joes would oppose them. Like, Cobra might see them as a threat and want to take them off the chessboard. Uh, they could also, you could swing it around, like Megatron promises them um, their own planet or whatever the hell else, whatever, but should just be hokey. Um, and then typical Cobra, they'll try to double cross Megatron to turn them all into like, you know, his tanks or something. But, you know, G.I. Joe has, uh, it does feel like G.I. Joe is one of those properties where you could find a lot of ways to make that work. You know, whereas, and the Ninja Turtles as well, as you guys actually mentioned, as Rob, as you brought up earlier, that also actually really works with a lot of things. I mean, they even crossed over with themselves, with their original selves. Um, well, not original selves, but with their original animated cells um so yeah so that's um so that is a thing but yeah i know what you, what you guys what you are talking about because i i personally hate it even in like just marvel and dc when you've got like a big bad villain attacking and then you've got like <clears throat> spider-man or <clears throat> pardon me marvel girl or whatever that's dealing with this villain and you're sitting there the whole time going so where the where's the fantastic four where are the Avengers? Where are the X Men? Where are the Ultimates? Where are you know mm, like that's that true. always bugs me. Yeah, uh, yeah. I always catch myself asking those questions, but you know, you can't you can't adequately address these worlds like at least not cinematically. Like it's it's still got to have limitations because casting calls can only be so big. I mean, was it that shot of? the end of um of, of end game you know the funeral i'm not going to yeah. say whose funeral because oh, spoilers but um wasn't that the most complex scheduling uh ever produced like th th to get everyone on set for that day and not comp anyone in digitally like they actually had everyone present i mean <laughs> the stars were in alignment that day 
to have yeah. all the heavy hitters. Uh, mm. <laughs> Any hooch. Uh, Rob sends his apologies, but uh, he didn't realize his power was about to be cut. <laughs> oh, shame, man. Yeah, but load shedding has been like surprising us quite a bit. Like it surprised us yesterday. We weren't supposed to have, and then somewhere there was a notification that we were going to get, but you know, you don't notice it because you get told, oh, there's not going to be any this weekend or something. So, yeah. Delightful. Well, we crack on, Paul and I. Look, dude, do you have um, a crossover idea that you're dying to? explore please don't say ghostbusters or gundam <laughs> no 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 i wouldn't bring those into the world um, i'm kidding i'm sure there would be fantastic crossovers like there is scope for the supernatural in gi joe give all the freaks a chance to play and totally. the ghostbusters need to come in and, and and clean out the the crap that they unleash on the world yeah totally <laughs> mm -hmm. too easy um, writes itself <laughs> I, yeah it does and also like i don't think it should be like a headlining event i think it'd be cool if the the joes just run into ghostbusters on like on a mission you know like they're kind of going to explore some kind of weird just a cameo TV. yeah oh, like man. just having them as a cameo and then maybe being there for ah. the rest of the episode or something that could be fun like doesn't I don't want it I, I hate it when like crossover crossovers are these big headline events. I like it when they're like kind of subtle and they kind of sneakishly introduced into things. Um a show that I recently watched no, that does that quite use well. The Ghostbusters. You gotta use the Ghostbusters. Like you can't just have them, oh you guys are here too, just I don't know, just doing your business. But that's the thing, the Ghostbusters very much are that. I mean, they 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 ghost janitors basically. So like yeah, which know. makes their their role a little bit menial when you're contrasting them with a bunch of like highly trained crack commandos, exactly like, flying right. around the world de defeating terrorists. I mean, and then you got Peter Bankman like ribbing them all the time as well. So <laughs> maybe that's what Joe needs, like more ribbing, like someone to just poke at the the plot holes and you know just basically be a smart ass hey yeah, yeah there's scope i think so i guess i think there's totally scope for that kind of thing just to have these I think, bumbling everyman coming along with also, them also like i know everybody's expecting this but i have explored this in my head like how would he-man would work with gi Joe, for example how would Moti work but how would it how did i know? not see this coming how right how did i not see this coming <laughs> Jeepers. Yeah, but like it is you would in have the to title it. of Heberg. <laughs> but like, how would you make that work? Like, how would how would they actually cross over? Because they are so, in a lot of ways, diametrically opposed thematically. You know, like the one is hectic swords and sorcery and magic with technology, and the other one is guns and bravado and you know, and uh, shooty shooty but and ninja ninja. He-Man plays out in a you know a distant galaxy, and, and GI Joe plays out very much in this one, and so perhaps. But He-Man's mother some is kind human, of hey? portal. Well, yes. Where is Earth in relation to Eternia? How, like well, in the movie, how did they bridge the gap between Earth and Eternia? A portal. They, uh, it's a portal they, that yeah. was a cosmic key, and also He-Man's mother. She also got sucked into like some kind of like, you know, astrological, astronomical event, um, mm. which sucked her into Etonia. And then bang, you know, she's Shira and He-Man's mom because apparently she likes space kings. So, <laughs> like, 
But like Bob doesn't. Uh, Bob can see that He Man getting pretty preachy with the Joes, and the Joes getting frustrated. Yeah, totally. Man. Yeah, I can. You're not the boss of me, Muslim of, guy. I can see a lot of like Etonians getting shot. <laughs> mm, and Tim Wilde has a great example of like blue collar guys mixed with like best of the best of the best. So the movie Armageddon is a good example of a crossover with everyday blue collar guys that are colorful and fun mixed with these NASA experts and the dynamics worked in a fun and still serious way. Yeah, man, I should probably watch that again. Michael Bay's finest hour, that and the rock. I thought I really liked bad boys, but anyway, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I right. like bad boys and did Michael or Bay also do black Hawk down. Nah, if he did that, nah, that look, no. Michael Bay, I think the United States army absolutely adore him because he shows their equipment in such a, like a glorious lights. Like he knows how to shoot machines at sunset, you know, golden hour, amazing, like stuff looking badass. Osprey's actually but staying in the air, that kind of thing. I think Black Hawk Down had a far grittier approach. I don't know. It was, ah, I'll look it up. <laughs> Black Hawk Down would go on to define every Call of Duty game since mm. that film came out because every Call of Duty game has essentially been like, yeah, you know that that whole black hawk down movie yeah we want to call the duty game to feel like that like every single time so mm, yep. which they kind of get right so yeah so oh and dude, I mean, you, ridley you know, scott of course oh, is it is ridley scott who did black hawk down yeah. i'm actually ashamed that i didn't know that no don't be ashamed it's it's, it's a subtle ridley scott because it's not very it's what is it it's not plot driven it's it's historical and it's it's almost like the director takes a back seat to just the story that's being told, right? Hello. Hello. Hey, Whoops, okay, so I, mobile. I completely forgot to check load shedding this evening. <laughs> yes, I am standing at my window where the <laughs> reception is the, the best. Hopefully I don't sound too shitty. Amazing. <laughs> no, you sound... Perfectly fine, as far as I'm concerned. Nice one, I mean, oh, you're yeah. gonna miss your sexy professional mic, but uh, we're just happy to have you, Rob. You had another yeah. crossover in mind, didn't you? Yes, I did. This one Let's was a, it, a lot wilder, I think, my idea, but I think it works because, especially because it's a it's a realm that has more rules than say superheroics does, and that is magic. Um, especially if you cross over with say DC. Um, or Marvel magic users. I think more, more so DC because DC often has more established rules about how magic works. And why I think it's important that magic has rules is that it means that G.I. Joe can apply what they know about um, tactics and whatever else. They can apply that to the magical world because there are rules that they can follow and learn and, and use. And mm -hmm. the cool thing is that, that magic users can then apply stuff that they have to the vehicles and to the weapons of the G.I. Joes that would help them in defeating whatever enemies that they might have. I mean, it's, pro it's probably a very far out idea, um, you know, compared to like TMNT, where it's very base um, and street level, the kind of threats that they would be facing. But I think it, it would be a very interesting idea to see like G.I. Joe going up against, I don't know, Dormammu or, um, or Nightmare or, you know, any of the like, crazy wild magic things that you can find in DC. Um, and I just thought that was very interesting to kind of like put them against something that is completely out of their wheelhouse 
but something that has rules as opposed to superheroes where you know superheroes can literally do anything and there is almost mm. nothing that a, a man with a gun can really counter um on their own so i thought that was yeah that, that was probably a really cool idea to kind of like get them fighting like magic stuff <laughs> I feel that was worth oh. me coming back for. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally worth me coming back. Always, Robbie. Always, <laughs> buddy. No, I, I would, I would contrast and say, like, actually, magic is the one thing that the rules are always being rewritten on. Like, oh yeah, no, heroes, sure. Some of them, some of them, their power is just so awesome that you never have a, a quantifiable baseline. But like, some superheroes are super soldier serum or a suit of armor you know things like that which do feel more realistic and more kind of couched in reality than like don't know what dr strange can do can he resurrect the dead yeah i guess can he <laughs> move time backwards yeah sure he can do that uh, he can open a portal to another world make you breathe in space fine you know what is the ceiling what is the basement of his power well who knows well then i Whatever suppose if you, the plot, if you basically yeah no for sure but if you can bring it more down to street level i mean i think there are examples of uh, magic users like constantine um who yeah. who does deal more with mm, rules where, yeah. where he's fighting demons that have um you know rules like if you find the name of the demon you can defeat them or if you use certain tools like the the magic enemies have weaknesses that you can exploit and that's something that Almost anyone can, as long mm. as they have the knowledge. I think often, especially with really good um, street-level magic stories, um, knowing really is half the battle. Um, if you know your enemy, you can defeat them. And that's always been, a, obviously, a huge thing with G.I. Joe is um, you know, <laughs> the knowledge you have wins the battle um, a lot of the time. And I think that can definitely be applied once again in the arena of magic, or at least more of like a a ground level understanding of magic and where the rules are more concrete. Because I think some of the best magic systems, especially in fantasy and broader fantasy, um, are ones that have rules um, that the novelists, that the authors follow. And it makes the world more interesting because you can kind of grasp like what the limits are to the character's abilities and, and what they can and can't do. Where, yes, Dr. Strange feels like he can literally do anything he wants to. Um, but there are magic systems that, that do have limits as to how they can be deployed. Um, so I thought that there was a very like far out idea, um, but one that I thought could work if you kind of write it smartly. And I think that's what a good crossover is. It is, is well-written and smart um, and hopefully not too um, gimmicky. Well, the rules thing is important because if you're going to cross over- Do you envision like over, the top tier characters interacting? I would imagine so. I mean, also, I mean, I'm actually probably grounded more in say DC because I know at least with DC, I know that there are a lot of rules that they do follow. Like you know, there is there is costs to the magic that they use, um, and especially if you make it more ground level, you can have them interact with um, more grounded versions of those characters. Constantine is one. There's another one I think called Doctor Occult, um, and even if you do get to the more high level characters. They can't interact with them and have them be, have them work within the world because even though they are more powerful, they do work to a certain set of rules that they have to follow to be able to use their magic. So you could have them, you know, like teaming up with Dr. Fate. Um, but I feel, I think it would be really interesting. It would be really different. Um, but I, I do, I do favor my TMNT idea over my magic idea. If I'm being well, honest. 
the magic idea, what I like about that is that you could take a character like Crystal Ball and give him a lot more relevance. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. You see, like that kind of thing is cool. And like I enjoyed that. That's where that crossover comes in. And as I was saying earlier, like you need those rules. You need them to be hard and fast because whoever's crossing over into the other property, they their presence is only interesting because they now have to follow the rules of the property or of grandma's house, for example. The property yeah, that they no, that makes sense. So I like that quite a lot as well. Uh, with, T with TMNT, like I love the TMNT thing as well because like maybe if you brought G.I. Joe's into like TMT, the world of TMNT, then you're dealing with things like dimensional portals, which, you know, G.I. Joe's never really dealt with, quote unquote. <laughs> really um, except one episode or one, one two part end. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah that could be very interesting uh, and how i wonder how gi joe weapons would fare against stuff in there because everything in turtles is like lasers i mean if you take just the cartoon so yeah. actually even in the in the comic book there's a lot of lasers and things because of the meddling of guys from dimension x so hmm. well and we'll just see what you know see what um Robux, my deuce has to do, you know, if it's going to pierce for <laughs> Rhino. What's his name? Rhino? Rhino Plasty. Is his name Rhino? Bebop. You mean Rhino Plasty? Rhino Plasty. Rockstar. Rockstar. Oh, goodness. Actually, dude, yeah, like, um, hmm. Uh, I'm just thinking now, like, you could have like roadblock instead of using Marduce, he's got like some weapon that the Fugitoid makes for him or something. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, I mean, that's why I think it would work because they would work together to come up with weapons that would be more effective against the enemies that they are facing. And I think that's, you know, where someone like Donatello would shine um, is kind of adapting the GI Joe tech to work in, in the setting that they, 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 they would be in. And then obviously they have to try and get the Joes home as well. So yeah. that would be another thing where it could be like, oh, that could be fun. That I think it would be, be really fun. cool. Hell yeah. I also, um, and maybe this is a small clue for something that's coming in the future, but but that may or may not actually happen, but let's see. Um, I also like the idea of things that exist within the realm of like, let's say G.I. Joe, for example. So there's the, the man from Auntie, for example, like there's that agency in the cartoon, which I mm. think is quite an interesting thing. And then I also like the idea of like there being like TV series. Uh, spy who rooked me. Yes. <laughs> so I dig stuff like that as well, where you've got a world within a world. You've got the Joes are a fan of something that they watch on TV. And I also like that like sort of meta-ness of that. And Steve, I think. Yeah, well, they're watching Spider-Man at one point. Exactly right, you know, like I I kind of like that. I'd love to see what this version of Spider Man is like in the GI Joe world because you got characters like Zamod and Tomax who can literally fall out of windows and then like catch a pole and do flips and land into vehicles, and they're totally fine. So like, how great is Spider Man to GI Joes really? You know, if their enemies can do things like that, how how great is Spider Man uh, if you know somebody like snake eyes or storm shadow you know what makes spider-man so super the fact that he can shoot webs with the web shooter interesting 
anyway, I, I, I basically assaulted Stephen with an idea last night after he uh, suggested a concept. And like my brain's in this meta space now as well of making things within things. Absolutely crazy. Well, that that's what we're trying to do here. Crossing over to the other side. With John Edwards. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Oh, man. That boy had his time in the sun, didn't he? Wow. Hell yeah. Man. People are gullible, huh? That's crystal ball for me. That's like crystal ball before he joined G.I. Joe. <laughs> like, oh, was... brilliant. The yeah, biggest load of... of bullshit I've ever seen. Oh, totally. <laughs> like, um, actually, before him is Yuri Geller, and Yuri Geller was my big inspiration for how Crystal Ball should go. Because Yuri Geller is also like a serious con artist, Psych so called psychic, so, so called telekinesis. Well, gentlemen, I enjoy your crossover ideas. They have not been exploited yet. So no, great. actually Magic came up with ones that no one thought of. E&MT. Oh, yeah. Yep, very good. Very good. My John Edwards. crossover concept. I'm going to say it's a concept because it's not crossing over with a specific um, existing, what would you say, um, Property? property IP. 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 I, but I would just I would just want G.I. Joe to finally like step into this world of time travel. Ah. So this is kind of prompted, I guess, by the Dreamwave comics. I think it was IDW as well. Um, they did a crossover, a Transformers crossover, and G.I. Joe set in World War II. Right? Mm. Paul, you referenced this on the show before. I love it. So, what if there was some way for Cobra to jump back in time and twist history to favor their ends? Like to tip the world into a downward spiral of warfare that ultimately one dominant world power would emerge from. That dominant world power being Cobra, kind of coming from the ashes. And G.I. Joe having to assemble a, a counter team, a, a time squad to yeah. go back and rectify all of Cobra's meddling and ultimately like destroy time travel entirely in order to stop this meddling from taking place. So I've always kind of had this on the back burner. And fortunately, through the, um, the G.I. Joe, G.I. Joeberg. Uh, YouTube membership have kind of started exploring some of these concepts, and just how I stitch this world together. Um, and, and it's an interesting little rabbit hole to go down. Uh, every week I kind of expand the plot a little bit and it's, it's definitely made me think a lot about wedging time travel into G.I. Joe and how it could be made cool and relevant. But since G.I. Joe, a real American hero, spans four decades, and G.I. Joe as a brand spans cheapers, um, six or seven decades. We now have this great cross-section of history to play with. Like we have guys that look absolutely legit in like World War II uniforms through to the 70s uh, where you had the adventure team, through to the 80s with A-Raw, through to the now. And like imagine if you almost got this kind of dimensionality of toy history along with your G.I. Joe adventure through time. 
And it, it occurred to me that G.I. Joe even has a essentially got a time traveler already. If you consider Sergeant Savage, he's a yeah, true. Uh, he's a ranger who goes into the ice, Captain America style in the 40s, wakes up in the 90s and joins G.I. Joe uh, at the behest of Hawk and Lady J. So he's kind of moved forward in time. He'd be like numero uno on the team because of his familiarity with the 1940s and that, and the, the then now of the 90s. I figured a an outback style bad boy survivalist would be a nice uh, counter to the straight-laced um, sergeant. And then you'd need your technical character who, I don't know, I also want to kind of pull things interdimensionally almost, like Mayday from Extreme from uh, that era. Yeah. Pluck her out. And then maybe someone absolutely blisteringly now, like, we need a ninja. Let's use Dawn Moreno, a.k.a. Snake Eyes. Yeah. Ah. I'm so, I'm so, so glad you didn't say Kamakura, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Though apparently Brian, the you're going on the block. The figures Anyways, I'm not gonna so lie. this is my, my time squad who have been tasked with, I suppose, doing what Cap did in Endgame and like restore things, stop Cobra from getting this temporal advantage. Have you ever read? Have sorry. I ever read? I have read. From time to time, I prefer Incredible. watching YouTube, but every now and then, <laughs> okay, well, if I must, I read to my son. <laughs> but yes, to answer your question, Paul, I have read. Oh, okay, I'm reading. so glad. Moving on. Um, New shit section, right? No, well, I was going to say, there's a series <laughs> that I'd like you to check out. <laughs> <laughs> you should. Um, there's a TV series, uh, which is based on Philip K. Dick's book of The Man in the High, Man in the High Castle which is very much to do with a lot of that. Um, Sounds like a Snoop Dogg uh, album title. Uh, <laughs> no, no, like, uh, if you... It, Get it high in the sky. I'm glad that I'm in the sky. I'm glad that I'm in the sky. High castle. But, uh, <laughs> check it out, because I love, like, what you're saying. What also makes sense to me that I kind of dig in, in that world is that Cobra has actually been successful. And mm. so the time traveling that's happening is very, very important. Uh, you know, it's kind of last-ditch, secret, covert, you know, humanity's last stand against Cobra, basically, or G.I. Joe's last uh, stand against Cobra. And it could be played over and over and over again. And there's these, like, this proof that Cobra has actually meddled with the space-time continuum. And, yeah, I think I think there's a lot of... I think it's a like... really good idea. I mean, also kind mm. of... We're not similar to, but with magic... As long as you have rules that you can follow and, and people can grasp, it makes it a lot easier to kind of go through with a story like that. And I think if time travel has, yeah, like rules that, that make sense, it, it mm. would be a lot easier for people to kind of like follow along with this fantastical idea. Well, as far as rules go, I'm more in favor with the philosophy that if you go back in time and change something, you don't create a divergent alternate reality. I like ah. the idea of one reality. Fuck quantum physics. And every time, every time <laughs> you jump back into your present, things are inexplicably different. You're like, I now have memories of a time that does not exist anymore. 
So, yeah. so yeah. you have to set up. I find that more interesting because yeah, you mm. you suddenly have these displaced persons who are like it's way more romantic. Man, oh, man, I I I had I had a sister and uh, a lover in my original timeline, and now I've gone back, fucked with something, gone forward again, and they don't exist. Like, oh dear, it's yeah. it's far more jarring and far more permanent. Like, you can never go back. Meddling with time will always have repercussions that cannot be erased. It's not like Back to the Future where you kind of jump back to that juncture point and set everything straight. Mm, though, I do like that, though. That's, that's, that's yeah. what you're trying to achieve. But like the heartbreaking thing about this kind of time travel is you can never do that. You can never get back to your original reality because... That's just been kind of taped over, as it were. Yeah. Mm. Like that. Taped over. You should watch The Man in High Castle. Yeah. Get in high. It's so high in the high castle. Whatever. Guys, new shit. <laughs> I've been meaning to tell you about this for some time now because I am in a, in a bit of a quandary. Um, before I left uh, Singapore, that's what it's called, I bought the shell of a. Ice saber. Whoa! No, it doesn't. It doesn't have the, the track treads, um, and it doesn't have the guns. But it's pretty much got everything else. I bought. I ran them for you. Sorry. It, it, I got it for <laughs> ten ten sing dollars, which is a hundred rand, which is nothing. And I bought it because my childhood ice saber, which I am enamored with, has always had its front tabs the tabs that the skids slip into it's always had those broken off yeah i subsequently yeah. super glued it in place and it's a perfectly workable fix so now my my quandary is i've got this shell and i don't have any fate for it like what am i doing with this toy i'm gonna do some crazy customizing, customizing. yeah hell yeah, yeah. you know Rob, this reminds me of why the Ice Saber was my go-to vehicle for our sort of sci-fi game when yeah, we played. Yeah, um, so we, perfect. It looks like some kind of science fiction hover vehicle, particularly mm. with those giant kind of slatted fans or vents mm. at the back. They look like they should be blowing some kind of force or energy or, or jet thrust downwards. Yeah. Like forcing this thing into the sky. And the whole, like, the chassis, everything about it just looks sleek. And, but, you know, it's, it's obviously, it doesn't have wings. So it's not an aircraft, but it's got aircraft properties. It looks like a hovercraft or a flying car. And the kind of rotating cockpit thing and the fact that it's so roomy and you can kind of have characters like jump out of it and rappel down or like, like deploy jet wings and fly away. Like it just made this the most fun kind of aerial assault platform. Yeah. So maybe I do need to do a kind of custom. Mm. Yeah, scratch build it anyway, into something. Ten bucks. It was ten a steal. Bucks. Had to have it. Ten dollar. Yeah. Chip chip. For you. <laughs> Anyone Four? else got some new shit they'd like to sink their teeth into? No, not really, actually. Oh it's, my goodness. Nothing new okay. at all. Nothing new at all. And it's, and I'm okay. <laughs> You're okay with that? Well, I, I didn't get anything. Well, actually, I did kind of. So Stephen handed me some more of my childhood toys uh, back to me. Mm. But it included a Toy Biz uh, 
Sabretooth. Because I, I really? think if you remember, really? Stephen had to get two copies of his Sabretooth because his original had a, a snapped elbow. Um, so yeah, now I own a a broken. Well, he's not broken. He just can't bend his right arm, but his his cool feature still works, and his eyes glow in the dark. What a cool feature! I love the eyes glowing in the dark thing. It's great. I never knew there was a thing until Stephen showed me. I was drunk in the it's... in his bedroom. I was like, look at this brew. His eyes <laughs> in the dark. <laughs> I can actually see Ricky. that playing out. In the dark, look. <laughs> he did with the light that he comes up with the darkness. And we were just blown away. We were just sitting there for like hours laughing. Um, or it might have been minutes. Oh. I don't know. When you drunk, time. Time becomes a loop. <laughs> um, I want to shout out Tim Wilde for having me on his show. Thank you very much, oh, Tim. Fantastic. It's wonderful being interviewed by you because you were very insightful. And like, I feel like all the stuff that I never really have the forum to, in spite of the fact that this podcast is effectively my giant forum. But, you know, <laughs> it feels indulgent to talk about, like, my collecting and, you know, how I'm going to do things differently and how I'm going to protect my toys from dust and whatnot. Like, he asked all the hard-hitting questions. and all the hard questions. <laughs> I was Hell, yeah. So, so you've been on a real be... collecting bent recently, at least thinking about it philosophically. Um, after you we were know, on it's... Stu and you joined and Tim, talking more collection talking. Ooh. Rob, you and I were both at my my junior school, my, my yeah. childhood school. And being on those grounds the other day, guys, we were there for a dance concert, a dance Ooh. show, my mother's wow. studio show. So being on those grounds just brought back so many crazy memories. Like the one time I was playing with Nunchuck from the Ninja Force at break, and then the bell went, went back to class, realized – his sword was missing and actually asking the teacher, can I be let out of class so I can look for my toy sword? <laughs> and she actually <laughs> agreed to it. So there oh, I was yes. just like, you know, no hall pass needed. I just was left to my own devices, pottering around the school grounds, looking for my sword. Man, those are the days, my friend. I never found it. All right. But, I was um, about to ask. Fortunately, Sad it was one story. of those... No, well, the, the end is happy in the old end because, you know, flash forward to whenever it was, 2017 or 18, and I have a parts list that I send to one of our benefactors out there. He comes back with the damn sword, man. Sent Wild. it my way. It probably actually was Mr. Shemansky of Quality Joe's. If oh, yeah, it was probably the exact same sword. Either Dan school. or Greg Crocott. But, yeah, thanks, Hell gentlemen, yeah. for sorting me out. Sort of mode. Rob, do you have a loving scoopful from last I, week's chat? I, I, I would have, um, but unfortunately, oh. with the, the power out, I, I don't know if I can actually look at YouTube while I'm here. So, in which imagine case, I said something really cool. Patreon on a roll. Thank you, gentlemen from the Berg Force <laughs> and ladies, persons, people Humans. of the universe. Berg Force. Berg Force. Berg Force. And welcome to the madness. Um, anything else, baby, gents, baby. before we Eye head on in the sky in the castle. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm actually, I'm good too. I'm, I'm, I'm glad actually. this worked out. Like I'm glad I could come back. This is actually a lot of fun. Although my back's starting to hurt, so I'm glad we're ending now. <laughs> no doubt, man. Well, look, the next time we record, I mean. 
touch wood. I will check load shedding. Absolutely. No, make sure there's power. We will all be in each other's company. So even if it means we're recording, even if the load shedding happens, keep each other company. app. We we will be together (laughs) this time next week. Amazing. Hell yeah! I feel like I should bring my mobile. Drive safe. (laughs) You can bring your mobile power supply. (laughs) I can. It's not big, eh? It's and it's designed for camping, so it's quite portable. Whoa. Yeah. So we can actually mm. set up a tent in the in the yard and uh, record podcasts in a tent. Paul's asking oh, me like what he should bring us from Joburg. I just said like power and a good power. laptop, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I will be bringing my laptop with as well. So hell yeah, Ooh, amazing. Yep. Just yeah. don't uh, well, have high hopes for the Wi-Fi down here. My parents' house is like a cave. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's why I. I am very excited. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'm very excited for 276. Um, boys back together again. Uh, boys to men. <laughs> Come on. See you next week, everybody. Yo, Joe. Joe Burke. Yo, Joe Burke in the sky. Hi in the <laughs> castle. Joe Burke. Joe Burke. Check it out. Check it out.